0: Welcome back to another episode of Andrew Barnett's Crowdwork Cast. This is episode five. Now, before I get into talking about this week's episode, uh, there is some important uh, shameless self-promotion that needs to take place. And uh, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, in the uh, in September, the, the second week of September or the first week of September, the first full week of September, depending how you look at it, uh, I'll be performing as part of the Sydney Fringe Festival. Uh, I'll be part of the Fringe Comedy Festival program uh, and I'm performing uh, a show uh, with uh, past guest Julia Wilson. Uh, The show is called Role Reversal. Uh, Basically, uh, we're going to be doing uh, 25 minutes to half an hour of comedy each, uh, telling our latest stories and jokes. Uh, It should be a very, very fun time. So uh, we'll be performing that at uh, 8.15pm on the 7th, 9th and 11th of September. Um, Now, uh, tickets are pretty cheap uh, for the 7th and 11th. Uh, That is the Wednesday and Sunday shows. The tickets are only $10. And the 9th, it's a Friday night, so a lot of demand. So we're up in the price. Uh, Still only $15, though. So uh, if you uh, would like to come along, and I'd love you to come along, and I'm sure Julia would uh, love you to come along too, uh, it'll be a fun night. Um, You can get tickets at uh, fringecomedy.com.au and I'll also probably put a link on my website or uh, on my Facebook page, Andrew Barnett. Uh, so look for that. Anyway, enough of the self-promotion. Uh, let's get onto this week's episode. This week's episode is a gentleman by the name, or this week's guest is a gentleman by the name of Andrew Paskin. Uh, Andrew is, uh, he's a regular, I suppose, on the Sydney comedy scene. Uh, he's probably in the early part of his comedy career at this stage, but, uh, he is honestly one of the sharpest joke writers I think I, I know about the place. And, um, you get the feeling uh, he's he's one of those guys you meet and you go oh this guy's got something There's, he's definitely got a future in this game and um, I think you'll uh, you'll you'll get that feeling too when you hear him on the podcast he's also um also one of these guys he's actually I say he's got a future he's already uh, got a few little good little credits to his name so uh, he's an interesting dude um, I've never met anyone with such low self esteem you'll hear him refer to himself as a degenerate. Uh, numerous times in this podcast, and i got to say, um, I've, I've always found him to be nothing other than a gentleman, so uh, maybe maybe the low self-esteem is something that's propelling him forward, but uh, he's certainly an interesting cat, um, a very, very smart guy, and uh, I'm hopefully you'll enjoy this chat as much as I did. So here it is, episode five, with Andrew Paskin. Welcome back to another episode. G'day, buddy. What's your name?
1: My name's Andrew Paskin.
0: Andrew Paskin. Formerly that, Lester Diamond. I was going to say, is that the only name you've ever gone by?
1: <laughs> I've had a few names, actually. I, I, I consider myself like uh, Slim Shady, you know, like it's sort of an alter ego.
0: With the real Andrew Paskin, please stand up. <laughs> actually, don't. You'll knock the microphone and uh, we'll be uh, recording poorly. So, um, <clears throat> Lester Diamond, let's start off there. You are Andrew Paskin. Um, is, is the name you go by now online and everything. That's my and birth name. Yeah. That's your birth name. Where did Lester Diamond come from? What's the story behind that? Because that was your uh, your online persona for a long time.
1: When I was in criminal law, I didn't want to have my real name associated with Okay, my in
0: criminal law. We can't just brush over that either. <laughs> what, what were you doing? Like you, So you were a lawyer.
1: I was a criminal lawyer for a short period, and um, I didn't want to have my comedy, in inverted commas, associated with the uh, yeah. You like didn't want to be held account.
0: crime figures and etc. <laughs> you didn't want to be held account for the stuff you say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I took a cowardly f- stage name, but um, the name itself, which I can't believe no one gets all the time, it comes from the classic fucking gangster film Casino. There's a real degenerate character, and their name Lester Diamond, played right? <laughs> by James Woods, <laughs> Sharon Stone's uh, pimp boyfriend. He's just the funniest fucking character of all time. So I just took it off that. Um, what uh, actually come from a good friend of mine, Erin, who I used to work with, she made me a Facebook account when I refused to go on Facebook, and she made it under the, uh, she made a Gmail address, I am Lester Diamond. Oh, really? Gmail. And she goes, here's your Facebook, it's under this name, because she knew I loved that character. And that's how it sort of come into my life, and I thought, I'll take that for fucking comedy.
0: Yeah, the Lester Diamond. I, I, you you often will refer to yourself as a degenerate over the time I've known you, <laughs> but I've never really seen a heap of evidence of it.
1: Well, I'm two years out of degenerate behaviour.
0: Yeah, I, I knew you when you were still in degenerate behaviour yeah. though, and I never saw heaps of evidence of it either. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, I wasn't like a fucking, you know, I wasn't running girls out of the uh, out of a strip club. I was just uh, you weren't beating guys I was just with drink, telephones. Drinking and gambling to excess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I remember the drinking. I don't think we ever gambled together. What is the gambling thing? Like, I is that? How did you get into that? Because I, I, I've got to say, um, cards on the table. I've never been a gambler. Like I don't, and it's not. I don't. And you own a house, right? I, yeah, I own a house. Um, uh, well, <laughs> I pay off a house, sort of half. Um, try and contribute. a gambling dream
1: is a mortgage. It's like, oh man, wish I could get a mortgage.
0: Dude, so, but you, how did you, like, how did that start? Like, you, were you, like, around a gambling family growing up, or?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, my immediate family was not, but my, I've got a really big family. Like, my mum had eight brothers and sisters. Hey, same with mine. Yeah, my father had four. One side was, like, you know, housing commission really rough. One side had a bit of money, like, sort of, you know, sort of new money.
0: Now, let me guess if I can pick on uh, which <laughs> side the gambling comes from.
1: <laughs> well, no, It's funny, like, the drinking is on the, um, on the... Like, yeah, you know, more middle class side, and the uh, well, is on the other side as well. But there's a lo- lot of gambling <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> but um, I was into it fucking since I was a teenager. Like, I used to have like a fake account with sports book when they used to send a checkbook to, in the mail under my dad's name. Like I just like, hooked it up when I was like 14. Oh wow! And I was just like, just like putting money into a checking account in the in the in the actual branch of banks and gambling <laughs> when I was like, 14. So
0: the first the first bit was very uh, like that's. That's something y- your parents want you to be interested in finance. <laughs> oh, look at him. He's got a checking account.
1: All my life, my mum was saying, don't be like your uncle. Don't be like your fucking grandfather, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, it, it would never happen to me. What are you kidding?
0: And so, and so oh my God. So what was your, what was your uh, favorite thing to bet on? Or you just any, any bet will do kind of guy?
1: Yeah, any, any bet will do. It. But the worst it gets is poker machines. Like poker machines is, is, is the crack of, uh, of gambling. So you, you sort of you sort of work your way up from the, the, the pot of uh, horse racing, <laughs> <laughs> the pot of horse racing, <laughs> and then it gets yep. progressively worse.
0: Horse racing is a gateway gamble.
1: Yeah, and then the poker boom was hip, was sort of hip when I was like in my twenties, and like I was a big poker player. Oh I, really? I, like, I'd, I'd be in massive games, betting on credit and stuff. I was just, I was just a fucking idiot. Are you a, still see, am in so many ways.
0: For me, for me, the gamble, the the poker guys, that's um, that's the maths nerds.
1: It is, and, the, and the people that win in poker are all like boring psychopaths. Like, like I thought it was like a, you, know, you know, like like mob guys having yeah, a colorful chat and a scotch like and Maverick. Like, yeah, but it's like it's not. It's just like the biggest creeps in the world are good poker players. It's so bad.
0: Yeah, it's 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 down to it's basically odds. It's yeah. guys who can calculate odds very very quickly in their in their minds and remember what cards have come out of a shoe or a deck. Yeah, previous
1: it's, like l- it's it's really a sad scene. And you spend like 12 hours at a table with like losers and it's like, it's, honestly, it's horrible.
0: Man, that's a I, Yeah, because I, I got to say, I've never got into it. I spent um, three nights in Vegas when I was 24 uh, on my own. And uh, the most I gambled on was I, I think I spent twelve dollars on a skill tester <laughs> trying to win a uh, a uh, a teddy bear with wearing a New York Yankees uniform with a a, a baseball bat um, because my uh, she was my uh, soon to be girlfriend at the time or um, it looked like beating my girlfriend at the time uh, now my wife. Um, I, she said to me, "She likes the Yankees. She likes their uniforms." So I saw this bear, and I was oh, "I'm
1: going to win that for her."
0: And uh, yeah, even then, even with love on my side, uh, twelve bucks was as willing, uh, was as deep as I was willing to go. <laughs> A so massive tight ass. I never maybe. been to
1: Vegas, and I never will go now. But it's because like uh, it's too tempting for me to be there. But also, I don't like these fake places like Dubai and Gold Coast and.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dubai and the Gold. See, the thing is, you start with Vegas, Party Central, and you, you know, you go Dubai. You know, the rich people, Monte Carlo, the Gold Coast.
1: But you know, you know it's like these sort of just buildings built in the middle of nowhere, where it's like, it's, like, it's almost like a corporate office park to me. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it, the land was cheap for a reason, <laughs> and uh, and it's been built up into something. And yeah, because Vegas too, like, oh, Vegas is awesome. You can do almost anything. Um, You can, as long as it's pretty much indoors, because uh, it is oppressively hot. I remember
1: friends of mine went there and they were so happy that they could get uh, hollow plastic guitars to hang around my neck, which they filled up with cocktails. <laughs> oh, good
0: times. See, that's the thing. I wasn't a gambler. I really enjoyed Vegas. Uh, I, I think I ate one meal that wasn't a buffet. Um, and I got my buffet strategy down when I was in Vegas too, just quietly. I, I really got on. it. I was, no, no breads. No, like this is, and this is, this is, oh, I was 24. This is 2005. So carbs weren't the enemy they are today. I just knew.
1: No, nah, right. not for me. If you don't gamble there, you can really live it up.
0: Oh yeah, you can. I, um, yeah, the one meal I ate that wasn't a, uh, that wasn't a, uh, a buffet I had, uh, for breakfast one morning, I bought a, uh, I bought a cocktail that came in one of those drinks uh, along with a um, along with a burrito, which uh, at about nine in the morning I was like, this is great. The other thing that 's interesting in Vegas that I found is they 've got open container laws, um, which basically means which is once again this is off your list now now you don 't drink. Mm. Um, you can you can have a beer. You walk out of one casino, down the street, into the next casino, drinking the same beer. No one says anything. No one looks sideways at you.
1: See, that's common sense. It's good. It's um. You always hear about the nanny state in Australia. <laughs> so <it's> yeah,
0: like <laughs> yeah. They um. They yeah. They they sort of, um. Maybe maybe things go a little far. There was the one place in the states too. Like at that point, like I'd been doing the tourist thing. I'd do in New York, and I'd been up in Seattle, and done a bit of LA, and uh, I'd been over in Toronto in Canada. And everywhere had um, people that had hand out like in the CBD, sort of touristy areas that have people spruiking um, the uh, those red top, those open top bus tours Mm. that you get, which are great. Um, I I, always said when I got back from the states, um, I said to a mate of mine who travelled around the same time, "We we need to do the one in Sydney, really see, (laughs) learn about our city." Uh, Never done it. Um, Some some. Eleven years later, but um the uh the thing that I found different in Vegas is the they had those people spooking stuff, but they were uh hookers <laughs> know, and strippers. Right. There was no, there was no. Oh, I have a bus tour, no.
1: To me, like, I don't know. I, I act all um, like I'm some sort of really classy guy or something, but like, that really upsets me. Like prostitution. Oh, it upsets like, you. Like it just i feel sorry for the girls you know yeah and everyone's like well you know, strong women empowering themselves it's like not really it's like, what a drug yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's hard to, it's a hard one to um to to really approach because i'm a bit like you like i'm like like in theory i like to think yeah you know people should be able to do pretty much what they want in that sense if you want to do that then go into that but then when you look at the reality of it, I don't think a lot of people are just going, look, there's law school or there's this. Um, you know, what I'd really prefer to do is prostitution. Uh, <laughs> like, it's not, it's not people with a heap of other options, generally. And, and look, I'm generalising there, but you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... It
1: just makes me feel bad. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's just like, um, I've, I've never been. If I went, I'd, I'd be struggling to get a hard on. I'd be like, this is, this is really sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you end up with the, the girl just feeling sorry for you in the end. <laughs>
1: But but you, you're a young
0: fit guy. What's going on?
1: <laughs> Not really, young man. Um
0: Oh, well, that's a... So, no. okay, so we've, we've covered off your, uh, you, you're no longer a gambler.
1: No longer a gambler. Almost two years, 23 months. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: How long do you think you'll be able to go before you break that? Well, hopefully till... What my, are the odds?
1: Uh, till my demise and about four to six years. Uh.
0: <laughs> four to yeah. six years. That'll be giving yourself. How, so how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 36. 36. So you're a similar age to me. Yeah. Um, now, okay, let's go back to the crowd work questions. Where are you from?
1: Well, I'm from one of your former uh, areas, Newcastle, Australia. I'm a town called Toronto on Lake Macquarie, which Ooh. is half
0: an hour from Newcastle. Toronto, uh, for anyone who doesn't know the area, the bad side of the lake. <laughs> um, the good people uh, from the other side of the lake where my family are. Um, <laughs> As uh, Wesley. so you grew up, born and raised, or born yeah, and bred?
1: Yeah, born and bred. I was um, actually I was born in Sydney. I was born in Leichhardt, actually. So oh, nice. I, I lived there for the first year of my life, and then parents moved back here. They're all from they're all from Toronto, both sides. It's um, very Newcastle of them, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I had a pretty cool childhood in Newcastle. It's like you know, ride your bikes around, and like we used to have these, these like impromptu triathlons, and um, so you, we'd do a, a, a jog around the block. Then a bike leg and then we could swim in the lake out to a boat and swim back like that. Oh, <laughs> Impromptu triathlon. <laughs> yeah, like that's what sort the of shit, you know. Play footy on the weekends. And
0: oh, nice. No, rugby league? Yeah. You're a bit of a rugby league man. Though.
1: I, I, I never played competitively because I was too skinny. I, I was like a, a, oh, a, a lollipop with a bowling ball on top of the head. Like <laughs> was that, that's, that was my build until I was about 25. But um, I played soccer and baseball and cricket and all that bullshit. But like... Uh, tennis and golf. I never played competitive, oh,
0: mobility, But No, yeah, I, did, I didn't play... I just played eight other sports. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, there might have been a reason you were so skinny then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly playing sports.
1: It yeah. But um, it was one of those sort of like, you know, just suburban upbringings.
0: Yeah, it was good. I, um, I, we moved to Newcastle. I was 16 when we moved there, but... um. It, it's it is one of those places. Like I'll often um, talk to people about Newcastle. It's like it's one of those big country town places. In that you've got a lot of people that have lived there for generations, and it's it's a good area. I I quite like it. Like a especially Lake Macquarie. Lake Macquarie is very nice.
1: I, I had cousins down here in in Sydney, so I'd come down here every holidays. I, used, I think I thought it was like fucking New York City. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> like, going to the movies, we're hanging out in oh. the city, and like you know, fucking this, that, and the other. And um, I used to love it. So like, as soon as I could get out of Newcastle, I was, I
0: was gone. So, which makes you... He- now, riddle me this, because um, I, I find this with my friends. I, I grew up in two separate places. I grew up uh, for a lot of my childhood uh, out in a, in a small country town called Corowa. Then we moved to Newcastle. What I find is the guys I grew up with in Corowa, most of them have moved away. The guys I grew up in Newcastle, yeah, nearly a hundred percent of them have stayed exactly where they well, are.
1: Newcastle's a real like fucking marry your high school sweetheart type situation. Just yeah, you
0: know. it's a Jimmy Barnes song, isn't it? Is, it? Isn't it really? Yeah. Is. It's, a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, the young auto factory worker <laughs> just holding hands. <laughs> I do, every time I hear Flame Trees, I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean, Jimmy.
1: I love Flame Trees, but um, it's a great song. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what it's like. So I mean, um. I keep my Facebook, you know, workmates and comedy type things, so I don't really have too many people from back home on Facebook. But yeah, you know, uh, uh, um, my my roommate is a is a good friend from Newcastle, grew up together. So like, you know, I'll hear stuff. You know, what people are doing is it's never exciting.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's funny. <laughs> it's um. He just bought a jet ski. You know? Oh, he bought a jet ski. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
0: a, wow, that's what, where I live now. There's, uh, there's, I, I live not too far from, uh, not far from the river, and uh, jet skis are a big deal oh, yeah. on that river.
1: It's like new money flash. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of like a gold chain if you're a rapper, like, you know.
0: It's yeah, it is. It's. A, guess what? We've moved up a <laughs> level of middle class. Now we've got a jet ski. So. It's uh yeah, any given uh any given Saturday around my place at the servo, like it, when it's warm, uh there's a lineup of guys <laughs> just filling filling their jet skis always premium too. For some reason they need the premium the jet ski. Oh absolutely. So it uh performance. Yeah, you've got to look after it, mate. How are you gonna do those sick uh sick little uh donuts in the water if you don't have uh don't have the premium fuel. Well
1: it reminds me of Police Academy Three when they had the jet ski chase at the end. That's every time I see it, that's
0: all I think of. <laughs> Speaking of which, Michael Winslow's in the country. Did you see that? Is he really? He's in the country. He's doing show he's doing a show. Um I saw I drove past the Reevesy workers not long ago. And I uh, that's outrageous. He's just done a show there. He was uh Yeah, he's still out doing the man of ten thousand voices. <laughs> do you do impressions at all?
1: No, I'm horrible at that. I'm horrible at singing, horrible at fucking pressures. Terrible comedy, you know the whole bit.
0: <laughs> you're very terrible at comedy. You're not. You're actually you're um <laughs> you're one of my favourite guys to watch. In that uh, you've uh, you're one of the best joke writers, I think, yeah. um, kicking around.
1: That's very kind of you to say, mate. Yeah,
0: no, I it, it is, and uh, I mean, because you you've and because you do, you you write uh, too. You you're very good at writing a um a nice short punchy like set-up punchline it, joke.
1: Thing in comedy, you know what the scenes look. It's such a fucking hilarious scene, and then. People got to say something to you, so they'll say you're a very good writer. Meaning, like, oh yeah, you can't perform for <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> I remember a guy um coming up to me early on, early on, just going, "Oh man, yeah, yeah you're writing. Yeah, there's something there."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. Thanks. I remember actually. Yeah, I do it everybody as
0: well. <laughs> yeah, so do I. It's, it was funny. I remember one time I had a a guy who was headlining, um, the night I was on come up to me, um in the break and I, was, I think it was last or second last before the break he goes hey man you've got a lot of really got a really interesting uh, really interesting premises you know it's really interesting <laughs> you. you've got some really great premises I'm like wow not even a whole like not the writing not the performance like not even a whole joke just look you've, you've got some good premises you should do something with them
1: but it's I mean I love comedy so much like it's been a fucking massive part of my childhood. stand up comedy I just loved it right so like, when I see it I fucking really love it and like I'll have to tell someone that I love them you know like it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't help myself. It's like, that was so fucking cool.
0: I get, I get the same way. It's it's weird too now, like, you know, because these guys, um, how long have you been doing, like, uh, kicking around the open mic scene? and Probably
1: about a year after you, but, like, I mean, I've come out and back and forth so many times just due to fucking personal breakdowns and, you know. Yeah. You were you because I, I was going to say no. you
0: oh you're always the guy who whenever I'd say hey you're going to be at this room or that room nah I got to work and you're always some different weird job
1: yeah I mean I, I I'm just getting myself on on back on my feet like last couple of years so it's, like it's taken that long to rebuild my <laughs> fucking self. So, I'm, I'm having a bit of a decent run now, but I mean, I'm doing shift work now. What are you, what are you doing? I do. It, I work in a travel company that does, it's like a medical team for tr- overseas travellers, like adventure travellers type thing. So, people get like, people go everywhere. Like, I can't believe people travel this place. They go to like fucking, like the Congo trekking or something or Nepal or Mount Everest and they'll get like sick. So, then you've got to like rescue them and get them into hospital and shit. You,
0: you go rescue them.
1: Well, no, I just coordinate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> it's that type of thing. And like, um, it's really stressful, actually. Oh, really? So, I mean, I can't handle stress at all. That's how to get out of criminal law. And, um, but it's really saved my life, this job. So I'm so sort of rebuilding myself. And,
0: you know. So where's, so you're, so... Pip, sit me through the the thing. You're basically, you're in an office. Yeah, you're
1: just in Wells Square, the Ernst Young building. And uh, yep. if you want to whack me out, you can reach me there. <laughs> um, but the, uh, Man,
0: don't you have a lot of debtors? <laughs> <laughs> they're
1: getting under control. But uh, yeah, so we just sit there in a team and then we get the doctors and nurses there as well. Registered nurses and uh, they're all really cool people. welcome like, with nurses is sick. Like, they're just really like gallows humour type people. Oh, yeah. Love it. And... Um, yeah, so someone will ring up and like, "Oh man, I'm in fucking Mount Everest," and it's like, "Well, we'll get your helicopter. Um, if you're above a certain amount of money, the, your policy won't cover that, so you will be paying for it yourself." <laughs> oh <laughs> wow,
0: <laughs> having that conversation. How bad do you want to be rescued?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's funny thing is, in Nepal, you think it's the nicest people in the world, which they are, but there's like mad scams going on where they'll like pick people up at 4,000 meters and then drive and fly them up to 6,000, and then like <laughs> so they can get like more money Oh really? Right. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. It's <laughs> like ah oh, look at these westerners over here just on on a giggle trying to adventure <laughs> their way through our well, country.
1: That's what it is, it's this rich dickhead's going there like oh, I mean uh, um I'm not, um they tell them to get acclimatized first before they go up any higher and they're like fuck that I'm going to I'm rich I'm going to walk up this mountain. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. Altitude that's... sickness. So where so where what sort of parts of the world is it mostly you're getting phone calls from? Where's the weirdest place? The place well, um, you would have thought The of most that?
1: you get them um, with Australian travelers is Thailand and Bali. But uh, oh, those adventure travelers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well that's 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 the branding of it. But like, there's a whole lot of fucking. I've cut my foot at a full moon party. <laughs> oh no. But um, anyway, so it's a good job and everything. But like, uh, really good team and everything. But the um, yeah, some weird shit. Like you know. I mean, I mean, I'm in Nicaragua and I'm fucking... I broke my ankle in the jungle and, like, you know, get me out type thing. That's S- crazy. Fucking satellite phones and all that sort of bullshit. But, um, yeah, it's really fucking stressful. Because we get deaths in that as well.
0: Oh, that yeah, that's no good. So, so that's, that's the night-time job or shift work job at the moment. Yes,
1: yeah, so I do 24-hour shifts. But, I mean, I've got a lot more time for stand-up now, which is good. So, I'm you know, try, trying my best to improve and do this, that and the other. And M- writing? Oh, very good writer. You are a very <laughs> good writer. You are. Re-
0: now, actually, and I, I've got. Um, now, I, I, I have tangible evidence that you're a very good writer. You submitted, now, correct me if I'm wrong, you submitted and got a couple of jokes on to one of the roasts. Yeah, like, Comedy Central Roast. How'd that happen?
1: Well, you know me, I'm a roast fanatic. Yes, uh, you are. Grew up on those, Dean Martin and on. But um, our good friend James Smith is, a, is a friendly with Jeffrey Ross, and he, he like, got me hooked up to Smith to Jeffrey Ross, and. Um, got half a dozen on the air and it was really, really Half a dozen? Yeah, it was really a really proud moment for me Because like, you know, I grew up with those roasts That's great, half yeah.
0: a dozen on the air too Because when you think about it they, Like those, I don't know I mean, The the roast sets are um. What would they air a set from Jeff Ross? Seven
1: minutes probably Yeah,
0: seven minutes So half a dozen jokes in, in a seven minute set That's a good hit rate Absolutely, yeah and then How many did you submit to get half a dozen on the air?
1: Well, yeah, a lot A <laughs> lot <laughs> Hundreds <laughs> Really? But yeah, like the quality goes down after a while. You can only hit fucking Justin Bieber so many times.
0: You know? Diminishing. Was that the roast?
1: Yeah, yeah, Bieber roast. Yeah. The Bieber roast, so, man. Um, but yeah, I mean that'd like, be right in your wheelhouse too. You I just fucking love roasting. And like Bieber. Best. It's the best. Yeah, <laughs> Bieber's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, just, it, it made me laugh that like I'm sitting in a fucking flat in like Wollstonecraft, like desperately trying to you know survive, and this motherfucker's got two hundred million dollars, and I'm trying to make fun of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really punching down <laughs> there, mate. Really punching down. <laughs> so, um, so you, you, so it, any further work like that, or you just?
1: Yeah, I've done bits and pieces like you know, th- that type of thing, just with sort of corporate type stuff. But I mean, um, that's what I want to pursue one day. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to fucking get better. That's all I want to do. To me, it's just a bonus just to be able to do it. That's what I think. Like, it's, yeah, uh, it's a real hobby for me. Like, I love it.
0: Matt, you, you, um, I, love, I love watching your sets because you, you usually have um, a couple of bits that are very dark that you're, sa- you, you're trying to get away from that. You've been yeah, coming, I you mean, know?
1: I think that's a real shortcut when you start out. You just, just sh- shock humour. Like, and the worst thing is, like when I started doing it, I'd never seen Anthony Jeselnik. And then fucking he comes out and he, and he just like owns that genre anyway. So it's like, you're just going to look like a derivative fuck with So uh, the idea to me is to be, you know bit more honest hopefully one day. is so to be
0: the original Andrew Diamond slash <laughs> uh, Andrew Diamond, <laughs> Andrew Andrew, Andrew Diamond. With a real He's name and everything. Yeah. Wow. So um so let's go back then. you uh when I first met you, you were working a bunch of jobs putting yourself through law school. Yeah. What what was the, what so track from high school, what did we do?
1: I went to, I did a business degree at Newcastle Uni with my mate that I live with and um, we both went to London halfway through that for a couple of years and that was just fucking mayhem yeah.
0: <laughs> what, what was the what were the jobs in London what uh, were you doing <laughs> over
1: there? I worked in a um, we worked in a bottle shop which is what they call an off license, he's get robbed all the time, and somehow I missed every armed robbery, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah. Just good luck, not uh, <laughs> not good planning, mate. I was petrified. You were, t- you were giving guys a yeah, look. Yeah, the guy that works Thursday night's real pussy. Uh, come in with a knife. here <laughs> will give you what you need. <laughs> Giving him all the intro. Oh yeah, the big intakes on a Thursday.
1: The best job I had there was uh, I co-managed a Japanese futon store in this like trendy like, high street retail shop right where I lived in Chiswick. Um, and I was so fucking good because they are all theater actors, right? So they're all on drugs all the time. They smoke pot all the time. So we had this scam where I'd work the, the morning for four hours and he'd work the afternoon for four hours. We'd both get paid for the full day. So <laughs> that was like, it was his idea. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And um, if you say so, fucking uh, theater actor. <laughs> co manager. Um, so I was at like 20. I was like mad, mad as a cut snake, 10 times madder than I was like, Four years ago. Um, and uh, so I'd have like an acoustic guitar there. I'd have six newspapers, three broadsheets and three fucking tabloids. And then um, just my CD player. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> CD <laughs> and, uh, I had like two or three customers a day. No shit. It was the best job ever.
0: Now, CDs on that, I'm guessing, what's the story, Morning Glory got a pretty <laughs> big run. What else, was, what else was on high rotation in the futon shop?
1: That <laughs> <laughs> was great. It really was great. But one time I, I fell asleep in the in the big futon throne behind the counter. And all I all I heard was <laughs> uh,
0: let's pause <laughs> and acknowledge what you just said. <laughs> you fell asleep in the big futon throne. <laughs> you have gotta describe that a little more to me. Well, what what the like, hell?
1: They had two seaters, three seaters, and they had single seater futons, like lounge chairs with a uh, futon sort of folded. Oh wow! And then that was like, and they had it all built up. And it, a, it looked like a futon. That machine. was for,
0: that was for the newly single dad. <laughs> oh, the kids on the weekend. I need so, something, but it's still got to look like a bachelor pad <laughs> weekdays.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm sitting in that hungover or something, and like, you know, just fucking slept through it. And then um, all I hear is, is the door, the bell, on the door closes. The customer walked out. Like, they've been walking around the shop with me fucking asleep in this chair, wearing like a uh, an out of their shell suit or something <laughs> embarrassing, you know
0: pale, looking like a real geezer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 everyone thought I was English because I'm so white.
0: Oh, that's... Yeah, I could see that, actually. I could yeah. see... You were, um, You used to do a little... Uh, online, you used to do a bit of a Russian character for a while. <laughs> he could easily be like a, just a, some Midlands soccer hoon.
1: <laughs> I mean, that character, if I could do an accent, I could be the biggest thing in fucking improv comedy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Have you ever done improv?
1: No. No, it's not my thing. Not your thing. Don't like it at all. In fact. Oh really? I used to watch Who's Line is it Anyway on TV. And, like, who the fuck watches this? It was a massive show.
0: Well, people like you, yeah. evidently.
1: Uh, I see it there. We watch three times a day on Comedy Channel, and i would be like, I don't well, know.
0: They're just relaunching. They're launching an Australian version of it. I'm that. just
1: like a stand-up fan, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got to say, I, I'm, I'm more of a stand-up fan. I don't mind. I never minded Who's Line and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I li- I'm like you. I li- I like the stand-ups.
1: We, you've lived in Newcastle. It's it's the narrow mindedness that, that, that makes us who we are. Yeah, know? exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Stay in your lane, mate. Oh man. So you so you went to London. Did, did you ever finish the business degree?
1: Yeah, come back and finish that. And then um, I worked in all sorts of jobs. I was a, a, a business development manager, aka sales rep for fucking papermate pens. Paper Mate, pens. And, Paper they, and they gave us a um, oh. a PT Cruiser company car with fluorescent Papermate <laughs> paraphernalia all over it. So I'd drive around and like, be picking up chicks for dates in this fucking PT Cruiser. Who,
0: what are marketing people thinking with that sort of <laughs> stuff? Like, we've got to sex up these pens. We need a PT Cruiser and we need it bright. And I think we're going to shift some... Because do you think anyone seeing that PT Cruiser go down the road and just go, you know what? I do need it, like a five-pack of Papermate Black Biro's. Sorry, Biros probably the yeah <laughs> the, uh, the well, competition.
1: Papermate and Parker, you know Parker pens. Oh yeah, they're so the good ones. The well, Arrow. You want to see the most miserable dickheads in the world? News agents, right? That was my like, yeah. you know, go around to them and say. Looks like you ran around Parker Park of there. Maybe you could do with a few more.
0: <laughs> oh, you know why they're miserable? Because they started at four in the morning.
1: There's something about them. They're always like really thin, wiry characters.
0: Yeah, because they start at four. They start work at four in the morning, and the reason they start work at four in the morning is they have got to get the newspapers and start selling them. <laughs> and they only get to sell those things that they start at four in the morning for for like a dollar ten each. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like <laughs> just the effort that goes into getting that paper out. Surely they must just be going. Oh man, I need to be making more off this because they're not. They just they're, they're stuck at their. Pro- they don't get to. I do oh, I'm down to my last Daily Telegraph. Might up it to twenty bucks because I can start a little auction. You're not allowed to do that.
1: But you know what? It's a dying breed. They're gone now. News agencies like like um. You see them closing down all the time. So as soon as these magazine apps that are taking off really take off, like Netflix, they're gone.
0: Yeah, that's it. It is. It's one of the. I think anything where we you start printing stuff and anything like that is just gonna yeah it's on its way out because it, it you think about the like i said the amount of effort that goes into just printing the newspapers like you've got mills there's there's the ink there's the there's the whole thing when now you can just oh, bump up upload it to an app and there it is and yeah, everyone's got it on their tablet they don't have to leave home um i don't know what 14 year olds are going to do <laughs> what are they, what's, what's going to be the paper run of the the, the new generation
1: <laughs> I had a paper run in Newcastle and I got fired for dumping the papers in the bush and playing footy with my mates. Like I'm a terrible employee.
0: Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I had a job. My first job was, uh, I, I never had the paper run, um, but the, my first job was uh, I worked at, a, uh, at the hospital shop in Coral, which is the little corner shop across the road from the hospital and uh i do a three-hour shift every sunday morning <laughs> no,
1: that's so funny.
0: i could shift some papers um never that day's papers though like if they were like the sydney papers you wouldn't get until the afternoon because <laughs> it's just a bit far um from like so yeah we we're on the victorian border and i remember like yeah you used to not get that like the like if with the daily telegraph or whatever you wouldn't get that till late in the afternoon or um, or the next day. It's because just
1: incredible thinking that news was so behind. Back then. Oh,
0: it's amazing! Like it, well, you yeah. get all the the Melbourne papers, that was fine. But the yeah, the that was why down there, like you might as well have lived in Victoria. Like we we're on the New South Wales side of the border, but all your news was Victorian. Um, your TV was all Victorian. Like it just everything. Oh, the was AFL would have killed me. Yeah, the AFL was it was huge, mate. I oh, actually I remember serving in the hospital shop. Speaking of the AFL, uh, big John Longmire, oh, yeah. when he was uh, <laughs> when he was still playing for North Melbourne, he was at uh, the peak of his career. He came in. Uh, his grandmother was in hospital because he was a he was actually a corroboree boy, and uh, his grandmother was in hospital across the road, and he'd come up to visit her. God bless him, because he's a good kid, right? <laughs> he's a good kid, that Johnny Longmire, old host. and uh, he. Um, <laughs> Oh, sorry, horse. Hose was a different <laughs> bloke, and uh, he was not a good guy. Uh, anyway, horse. Uh, but anyway, he uh, he came up and uh, came in and bought the papers, and uh, he was a giant of a man. Probably still is. I haven't seen him in years, but uh, yeah, his his sister used to babysit me when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. You're famous. My little brag. <laughs> and uh, and look at me now. <laughs> but yeah, the AFL was big down. So you're not you're a rugby league through and well, through, aren't you?
1: It's a narrow you? mind of it. It's again like I fucking love rugby league, everything about it from Scandal to... From sport. Matty Johns to Andrew Johns, yeah, everything,
0: <laughs> and um, everything in between.
1: One time I met Matty Johns in a nightclub called Fanny's in Newcastle. I've done the same thing. Yeah, awesome. He was the nicest bloke I ever, mean, I was like you know, 18 or something, and I was just like, this is so cool. Like, usually they're dickheads when you meet them. Yeah. And um, it we'd it had a chat for like 10 minutes, and it's like, really cool. And
0: no, he, uh, Yeah, that's. I think I bumped into I bumped into Matty Johns. I might have bumped into both of them at, at Fanny's, same venue. <laughs> Uh, they must have been, uh, must have been fans um, <laughs> It's a Weird venue That was a weird venue, wasn't it? Was that mo- is that me misremembering Or was no, that no. just a weird it, venue?
1: Because it, it was the days when binge <laughs> drinking was just like totally normal And it was like At five in the morning people would stagger out of there Like a zombie movie And like then it's, I just, One time I saw some guy talking to some chick Like some football player looking guy And he was just doing a piss on the sidewalk in front of her As they had a conversation I was like, oh, this is newy yeah,
0: yeah, God bless her for understanding, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to make her,
1: I'm going to, oh, he's going to father my kids one day. But it was a real violent time too, like where punch-ups were just normal and like I'm not a tough guy, so I did have a tough crew, like w- my school was real rough. Yeah, you're stuff, from Toronto. Like, so I could be pretty... With Lake Macquarie High, were you at... Toronto High, yeah. Toronto High. And it's like, um, so I'd be tagging along with them, so I'd be safe, you know, but I mean, uh, I was fucking constantly thinking, this is... Violent, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, I, I, it never occurred to me because I don't remember ever feeling particularly threatened there. But now, when you think of the stuff you saw, like, maybe that shouldn't have been normal.
1: No one called the cops in those days, it was just like you got beat up, you got beat up. Mm. So now, I mean, the, the generation below us. Are, uh, feel like they don't feel fear, like I always constantly in fear. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah, there was times you just put your head down, all right, let's keep walking. I remember, um, did, you, uh, did you ever hit Newcastle Uni, so you ever hit student night at the uh, oh, yeah. Wednesday nights, the brewery, $2 pints?
1: Some of the best concerts I ever saw at Newcastle Uni. Name them. You and My, Grinspoon. You or My? One UMI. time Phil Jamison came out from Grinspoon with a megaphone, so he's singing through the megaphone into the microphone, and he had cheerleader pom-poms. Oh, that was like, it was like art. jam-packed so you can't move like sardines, like proper. Um,
0: what year did you start
1: boxing? there? Oh, 98. Straight out
0: 98. Of state, yeah. Okay, so you're a bit older than me. I remember the um, the year, I, well, I only did nine months at uh, <laughs> at Newcastle Uni, but I remember O-Week, the year I was there, girling. Um, wearing backpacks on stage. Wearing backpacks yeah, on stage and that. someone threw Something uh, like a, a beer can or something at him, and he lost his mind <laughs> and wanted to fight. The like the bouncers had to take him off stage because he was like, "I'll oh, fight every one of you, inbred Like it was just, it was full on. Well,
1: th- this gives an indication about how my mind works. I was so enraged by their look, their, their backpacks on stage and DJing that, like, I hated them for like ten straight years with a passionate hate. Just due to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably threw the can. <laughs> this isn't um, doing me any good internally. Maybe we should let Girling go. <laughs> yeah. Well, th-
0: they'd be stoked that you remembered them for 10 years. It was
1: a fucking backpack. <clears throat> so it, was just
0: a, it was a gimmick. It was good. Such an affectation. This is pre Dora the Explorer, too. So <laughs> <laughs> they had it first. It was, um, yeah, I'd, I remember seeing You and I at the bar on the hill. Oh, that was sick. They were great. And uh, I mean, it's something for Kate. Bar on the hill.
1: My mate broke his ankle at your my concert. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yes. I um I had a mate who um who punched uh the lead singer of She Had um <laughs> <laughs> not not intentionally. Um, what happened was that we were right down the front. We were loving it. This is like right at the peak of their album, The General Electric. Um, when they were She Had originally, and then they became Pacifier, Pacifier, and yeah. then went back to that. Was a really She-Hat. bad luck for them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I i because it's she hat is uh was a great name. Talk about
1: the victims of nine eleven here. I mean, she yeah, had.
0: She hat, it's just <laughs> a little too uh little too similar. But anyway, they um so they're they're playing and, and um with well, a bunch of guys crowd surfing and stuff and we were just getting, you know, new too. They're not crowd surfing in like, you know, small shoes. They've just got their boots on and so we're getting kicked and stuff down the front with people um people crowd surfing and my mate turns to me and goes, Next person that comes over top of, I'm just, I'm just gonna punch him like, oh, okay do what you want fill, fill your <laughs> boots son right so um anyway we're sort of facing a bit away from the stage like this stage having the conversation sort of so turned away from the speakers as it were so we could actually hear each other and uh, as we do we just feel someone on top of us my mate just whack right up into the ribs and uh, yeah it turns out the lead singer just stage dived pretty much right <laughs> into us and uh Gets passed back on stage, he's sort of holding his side.
1: I think that's implied consent if you're stage diving <laughs> yeah. and you get cop one on the ribs. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, I
0: just, <laughs> I just punched Johnny too good. I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> so I've still got a drumstick from that concert. It's somewhere at uh, my parents' place.
1: Well, I really missed that um, that rock and roll scene. It was fucking so cool.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing mental as anything at the bar on oh, the I hill. And you know how they used to, the bands used to be underneath? Like the, the band rooms underneath the... Um, underneath the bar like mm. the stage and they'd come up those stairs outside and so they're basically walking through the the people and yeah. then in a side door i remember them you know, watching metal as anything and i i don't want to suggest that they'd been imbibing anything um <laughs> anything anything um but they did they they appeared to get a little confused and they literally got lost between <laughs> there they lost the guy that was the, that they were supposed to be following and they just both sta- they're just standing there like oh where do we go and so my just in, the, in there mate in that stage
1: door <laughs> Speaking of gaudy affectations like at that period at Newcastle uni I was like an embarrassment <laughs> I had like a mop I was massive Beatles fan
0: you know what uh you know what? No one will ever accuse you of. Look, you know that Lester Diamond, that Andrew Paskin. He is just bigging himself up constantly.
1: <laughs> What's the truth? There's no, there's no part
0: of your history where you don't consider yourself a disgrace.
1: Well, I mean, it's just it's so embarrassing looking bad, But I, I used to get around in like sort of Kramer-style shirts, like vintage clothing. Yes. And um, and then I have like I have like little yellow rectangular glasses, like the birds, and a mop top, like the Beatles, and like. I was just a fucking... No
0: wonder you're an a- Oasis fan.
1: I was a huge Oasis fan. So, I, I mean, to me, I was so cool. It was embarrassing.
0: I remember I went through a stage um, where uh, corduroy pants.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They
0: were my thing, corduroy. I liked uh, like corduroy. And now, yeah, now I look back. I had corduroy pants and a pair of shoes that looked like bowling shoes. Um, sort of circa... That would have been around your... Circa 98.
1: Well, that reminds me of the, of the other little side business. I had. At uni, I had a clothing brand, a streetwear label, right? Just a little underground <laughs> thing, right? Don't no, no shit, me and two mates. It was called PAE Clothing, which stood for Pimpin' Ain't Easy.
0: Pimpin' Ain't Easy. Yeah.
1: It, was a, it was a catchphrase from the wrestling, which we ripped off.
0: For a, for a guy who's openly says, oh, it's just prostitution, and makes me sad. I actually felt bad about
1: it at the time, but I thought business is business, man. <laughs> um, we, we, we had a little fucking like following in Newcastle. We sold like the, those fitted baseball caps when they were cool, yeah, you know, and... Um, uh, life jackets and t shirts and all that sort of life bullshit. jackets, like streetwear. Yeah, we, yeah. We sponsored some skateboard kids, these uh, sick indigenous kids that were like really sick at skateboarding. Right? And um, how did you start this business? We just started out of our house. Like, so I went and got the, the, the uh, screen printers and hooked it all up. I thought I was like an entrepreneur, you know. Um, all the money, surprisingly enough, went to uh gambling activity. Oh, really? <laughs> but, um, Queen of the Nile. But, um, so we had this like this screen printer who was actually the guy that was a singer in the Porkers. Remember that band, the Porkers? I do remember the he Porkers. Was our screen printer. Oh, really? So we had all these like, these, uh, these, these clothing, layer. we had car stickers and all sort of shit, right? So we had a little bit of a following in Newcastle. But then when I went to London, like I tried to sell it over there and it just didn't, didn't, didn't go over over there. Like, yeah, well... It was like good. wakeboarding type people, you know, that type of person, the boarding. Yeah.
0: Skateboarding, wakeboarding, any snowboarding—not yeah, not your London types.
1: Yeah, and um, so we just just do that for a couple of years. It was good fun.
0: That's uh, that's phenomenal. That's <laughs> just starting your first. How old were you when you started your first business? Then? I
1: mean, Nineteen
0: or something. Nineteen. The tax office will be listening. They'll be they'll be ringing up to. It get wasn't the
1: much tax paid, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll be onto that.
1: I I to don't keep worry. used to keep the cash in a, in a jar on my dressing table. That's how professional it was, but. Um,
0: Wow. So you go from there, you go to London. Had any other businesses or you just...
1: No, no, not really. But, um, Do you still have the screen printer? Well, I used to also... Um, this is another embarrassing period, but I used to um, want to design game shows, right? as like okay. in my early 20s. So.
0: Here we go. <laughs> What's the best you came up with?
1: I don't know. They're all like... Uh, one was sort of like the Brady Bunch, like that, that nine square thing that had like yep. this... Um, so, like Hollywood Squares. They're all, all gambling-based, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like really? You have to choose one of the other type. Thing. Anyway, so I, had always see, I, I was right into it. I, was, I joined this um, TV format society in Germany called Frapper, the Format Recognition and Protection Authority.
0: <laughs> Frapper. Yes, yeah, so I was involved. If, I, you, if you said to me, without uh, out of context of this conversation, you said, oh, yeah, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I joined a... Uh, an association in Germany called Frapper. <laughs> I would have thought it was something much, much sicker <laughs> than uh, a bunch of nerds designing formats for games.
1: Anyway, so I didn't, I didn't sound like to put it that way. But there were, um, that was my little passion. Oh,
0: put door. put one out there. What's the, what's the, what's the one you reckon could have gone? Um, Tell me it's not what well, like well, I've I have got one th- called
1: the Golden Egg, okay? Which was this one where you had to flip the flip the um, uh, nine squares around, uh, and if you miss one, it stops. So you had to get them all right. To get to the the egg, which is the middle square.
0: Okay, so we, well, we're confused. All right, so we've got a, a nine square grid.
1: So it's like it's like yeah, it's like a question time at the start or something like that. I can't really remember it, to be honest with you, but it's like you you, you picked up squares like uh, which you could you could um, if you d- if you did well during the opening rounds, you could you could get maybe five squares or already gone. Yep. Then you'd have to flip open each square. It's a fifty fifty chance, and if you hit them all. Right, then you got the, the main prize, which was you know, the golden egg. The golden egg.
0: Man, this <laughs> sounds like you know you could that that one with a little bit of work, you could almost design a turn into a poker machine.
1: <laughs> They're all gambling based. Oh <laughs> so wow, that's sick!
0: The aristocrat guy's probably listening. He he'll uh, oh, absolutely. It's um so <laughs> designing <laughs> games. Um Then you came back from London, finished the business degree,
1: went to Sydney. Um, I just fucked around for a good 12 years probably, but um, I lived, th- I lived in Coogee for five years. That was great. And like, I, I, I was an insurance broker. I quit that to like stack shelves at Woolies and Coogee for like a year. Which was you're an
0: insurance. You've basically you've been an insurance broker, a lawyer. Um, a, a bad co-manager of a futon store. <laughs> you've had. You've just gone. What you, you've. You know what you you've got. You've got low self-esteem when it comes to applying for jobs because you've just gone. What are the most the jobs that most people think are filled by degenerates? <laughs> I'm a degenerate. I'm going to sell insurance.
1: I've definitely got low self-esteem, but I mean, I I, I look for a job as in like what's the least hassle to me. <laughs> Least hassle. And th- with the law, I was trying to make a girl becoming a winner, but then
0: just couldn't. So what? So you put yourself through. So when do you decide to go go back to uni and do law?
1: Um, I did law out of spite. Um, okay. Which is how I operate. Like I work for this <laughs> shitty company. I'm um, just
0: picturing when you're uh, you're you're signing up uh, for your law degree, and why are you interested in the law? Out uh, spite. And they just like um on The Simpsons when Homer becomes a big brother. Um, you know, And why do you want to become a big brother, Mr. <laughs> Simpsons? Don't say revenge. Don't say <laughs> revenge. Revenge? <laughs> and then the, the form had other, other categories like malice, revenge. He just ticks revenge. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how I'm picturing Out of spite, you decide well, to go was, do there's law. There's
1: this company I work for in North Sydney. They, they weren't paying the award rate and they were fucking people over and ripping people off. And I was looking at all these cases and stuff and just like, my cousin's a big-time lawyer. He's like uh, got 99 and he's T.E.R. in the 90s. He's a big-time no. environmental lawyer. I said, give me a bit of help with this, mate. And he's like, Yeah, mate, you, you, you've done good work here. Maybe you should become a lawyer. Um, so I was going to go to employment law. And I just went, oh, I'm going to do it just to fuck these people over. Right? Um, but I never had the money to, to take them to court.
0: So, so you're just going to, you got into it thinking you were going to be the Aaron Brockovich of basically, employment yeah, law. yeah? Basically.
1: And um, yeah, so then I fell into criminal law. So, but um, Fell into criminal law. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> right well i'm a, i am i am actually an organized crime buff, like just out of interest, you know the history of organized crime, so I, I know a lot about that, and um
0: well, you probably owed some of them money at different points <laughs> with the gambling
1: but if I was born in like America, I'd be dead because gambling's illegal, and they always like borrow from like loan sharks and stuff, but because you're borrowing from credit card companies here, and they're not going to kill you <laughs> over it, yeah
0: just to just people that should be illegal um so so defense. You're a defence attorney, I a defence attorney, I for solicitor.
1: A, a, a great man, named Chris Murphy, who took me under his wing and gave me a job at his firm. Is a, a high-profile defence lawyer and um, fucking really taught me the m- most of anybody in my life. Really, he's a fucking stand-up guy. But uh, you know, he, he cops a bad rap for being a defence lawyer, but he does so much behind the scenes for charities and you know, fucking this sort of this sort of stuff. So, what did you get out I of that for? What was that?
0: What would you get out of that for? I what,
1: didn't like, like the stress of it. I don't like having people's freedom in my <laughs> hands. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Fair <really>? enough.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, less hassle to me. Probably defense uh, solicitors. Probably probably not high on the low hassle. I just um, did one of those personality
1: tests. Where it like It says what sort of person you are. Like this um, It's called the Meyer-Briggs test or Briggs-Meyer or something. Oh, yeah, the Briggs-Meyer, yep. I recommend doing it if you haven't done it to anybody. It's so cool. So, everything I've done in my life is basically against my type. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Pretty much. So, like, I mean, I, I need to find something that I can... Do know.
0: they have a category for degenerate? Which is <laughs> what you keep, do- keep seeming to classify yourself as. I don't know like how to
1: teach people in schools. Like, You just teach people in schools that, you know, you're not suited at this type of thing. Like, conflict and me don't mix. Oh,
0: no. You're sounding very, very... You'd fit in well in China, mate. <laughs> no, you were born into this family. Yeah, your family makes shoes. You'll make shoes.
1: Well, I mean... Yeah, uh, I had a look at my personality results. It's like, oh, that's that says pretty much what I am. So, uh, I shouldn't. So, what are you? Uh, they call it, and um, a campaigner. If you look it up, Briggs Meyer, the campaigner.
0: The campaigner. So, yeah. what what sort of personality traits does that entail?
1: Well, it's a bit more creative and like less fucking, um, st- not in structure and that sort of thing. So, uh, people like us gravitate towards you know, comedy and writing and that type of bullshit. So, because no one's hassling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a you you you're what we know known in the uh in the personality world as a sleeper inorer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's another
1: thing. I'm all, I've always like preferred night shifts because I, uh, I really hate mornings. And
0: that type yeah, of thing. I like I like early mornings. Um, I d- and then I like late nights. But the bit in between that morning bit where everyone's up, nah, <laughs> I I don't need it. Thanks very much. Like. I um I had a few sort of night shift sort of jobs and the the, the nothing after a long night shift that I like more than on a rainy cold morning after a, a horrible like night shift is getting into bed. Um, and just turning on the traffic reports on the radio, and just listening to <laughs> the troubles everyone's having getting to work, and just just drifting off to sleep.
1: Well, if you did that, you'd hear uh, Sydney comedian Tim Govers uh, doing the traffic report. <laughs> oh, Tim Govers does that, does Tim he? Does, yeah.
0: Oh, right. Which station?
1: I think it's WSFM from memory.
0: Oh, I could see him at WS,
1: yeah. <laughs> I've listened to the radio since fucking two thousand and six, but you know.
0: Yeah, well, now you get off your next night shift, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the right kind of weather for it out there at the moment, too. Just quietly, I um, so, so you uh, so we go from criminal law. How long ago did we give that away?
1: Um, that was August two thousand and fourteen.
0: That amazed me, I've got to be honest, that amazed me when you decided to give that away. because and I met rem-
1: everybody in my family as well and, um, <laughs> and everyone gave me an opportunity. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember just for ages, like, like I'd see you around there, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm almost finished uni. You were always like, you just always had something to work on. You were holding down three jobs. You were putting yourself through law school and then you're finally um, putting yourself through uni to get your law degree. You finally get the law degree, you start working and you're like, nah. No, which seems to be there's a, there's quite a few like lawyers in in the comedy scene, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I think because you're working in such a boring or well, well, criminal is not boring, but if you're doing like corporate law, it's so fucking boring, right? Which I might have to do one day, but I mean, um, hire me. <laughs> it's um, yeah, you're just around really studious, nerdy types, so it's like you're going to gravitate away from that. I think if you've got a bit of get up and going,
0: yeah, that's um. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me. So now, what's what's the plan now?
1: My plan is get back on my feet, which I'm doing. Um, honestly, like, when you're an addict, I've found that it's like, you hear it all the time from you know, Mark Maron type says that people have been sober for a long time and everything like that. There's it, all to mask what's wrong internally, so you've got to fix your internal issues, which so I've been doing. Just,
0: just to cover off, though, when you're an addict, so you, it was alcohol and gambling? Is that what?
1: Well, I wasn't... The gambling was the worst one, but drinking got out of control. I was just a binge drinking lunatic. Um, beginning fucking blind, um, blind drunk, and then going to work fucking <laughs> still drunk, that type of thing. You know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, that real, uh... Causing a drama. It's just a sloppy drunk, you know? But, um, yeah, so, I mean, when you get rid of that... So, being sober's fine, great, but then you, oh, you h- know, I don't really like myself, so I'm going to do a lot of work on that, and... I mean, typical comedian, a bit of depression, a lot of anxiety, that type of thing. So, yeah. hard to uh, hard to fight through that. But I think I've done that. You know, it's taken me two years. I was going to
0: say you're looking every every time I see you, are looking healthier. You're um, you're making me a little intimidated with how fit you're getting. <laughs> to be honest,
1: the more uh, extra I, I kind of the better mentally you are, but also the more pussy you get. So that means you're happier.
0: Yeah, confidence too. Like cause you, you once, if you if you've got girls. Like you know, showing some sort of interest that that <laughs> does actually give it plays into the confidence and makes you feel better about yourself as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting too much of that, but I mean, <laughs> okay. Well. That, <laughs>
0: I got to say, I felt better about myself when you were puffier and still drinking. But oh, yeah. uh, now, every time I see you, I'm like, man, I should really. That's so a run. funny.
1: When you give it up, you can just really see someone who's got like a problem because they have got that puffy face, like like Noel Gallagher '97, like the Be Here Now face. Yeah,
0: that's how. Yeah. Uh, see, this is this is your real. Uh, you are a real deep um, deep Oasis fan, aren't you? <laughs> Noel Gallagher, you can you can uh, block stages of Noel Gallagher's addiction.
1: But I mean, I really piss enough at people that fucking make fun of junkies and that sort of thing. I mean, I'm going to go a junkie joke, like, fucking what is it with junkies and limps? They've always got a limp, that type of thing. But, like, it's, I have so much compassion for it, because if, if you haven't been through it, it's like, fucking, anyone could, if anyone tried fucking ice, 80% of the criminal law um cases were ice-related towards the end. It's like, it's an epidemic. Oh, wow. Right. And people just, like, make fun of junkies all the time, it makes me fucking sick. It's like... If you tried fucking heroin and ice, you'd probably be a junkie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like,
0: and that's uh, the, 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 I, you can't say they're lazy people. No, they're incredibly focused. No. Um, unfortunately, just not on the right things a lot of the time. But it's a, uh, I, d- I suppose with any like, well like you said, with any addiction, it's about fixing the fixing the underlying problem more than anything. It's more of a symptom of, of a bunch of underlying problems.
1: Absolutely. And it's like, um, you know, you heard a lot of people on the way as well, it's no fucking fun. But uh and this is serious talk with the Andrews, but um yeah, but no, it's uh if you live if you live through it, I mean comedy everyone's got fucking mental problems that does comedy. Like, who, who would get in front of a bunch of strangers and say, Fucking laugh at my stupid thoughts? Stupid yeah.
0: Dick? I think I think too though, like I I tend to I tend to have a theory that it's comedians Comedian. it's very commonly known that comedians, you know, you know, everyone's got their generally has their their issues or something you know something going on um but i i tend to think that's probably more than just comedians that's probably more broad in the community than than you realize but comedians are people yeah, who can't right, not yeah. talk about themselves yeah i agree and that's that's the thing like so you hear it from comedians because they're the ones talking about themselves a lot
1: it's so right it's like like people that have to work a job have a family that sort of thing they just have to hide it <laughs> <Like> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the, the they don't get to the get, the get up in front
0: of people every night and and exercise their demons
1: I, I read a quote one time i don't know which philosopher said it was a modern philosopher i think said that most men live their life in a quiet desperation i think it's so true it's like everybody fucking struggles yeah
0: which some people could be quieter about it i've got to be honest um absolutely yeah <laughs> but uh Oh, no. like I Some, some <laughs> people are
1: doing podcasts about it. Yeah, exactly.
0: I feel I feel like maybe uh maybe the pot calling the kettle black at this stage. But uh whatever. So what's the what is the dream scenario? Will you flash forward 5 years? What what are we doing? Like if you and this is um uh, total, like everything falls your way, um everything goes right, 5 years, what do you reckon? What what would your dream job be?
1: I'd like to be a professional comedy writer or stand-up comedian. If I could work on it and get better. But I mean, failing that, something with no hassle and high (laughs) income. (laughs) Back to... Back to...
0: (laughs) Look, uh, the details aren't important. I've got two conditions. (laughs) Low hassle, uh, high income.
1: No hassle. That's a (laughs) a major... major
0: (laughs) Not even satisfied with low hassle. No, that's too much hassle.
1: Well, I've I've worked so hard. My my whole 20s is just like two jobs, three jobs, just to pay debts and stuff like that. You know, just keep above keep above water type thing. Um, so I'm really into this like um, work to live modern now. Yeah, I've totally d- done a 180 on that. I still just work 80 hour weeks sometimes. You know.
0: That's yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of hours. And so, and comedy's sort of the antithesis of that in some ways.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. the best thing about comedy is it just gives you something to work on. Like when I say like Joan Rivers enjoy the process. I fucking love the process. just hanging out and like watching people and s- trying. Someone gives you a tag and you try that out. And
0: yeah, talking through ideas. It's so
1: cool. But I mean, um, yeah, hanging out, hanging out with fucking comedians is the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, it is. You're
1: here on Marin all the time, just hanging out with smart people that are fucking cool. But these are people you would never hang out with in real life in a million years. Like it's just a ragtag bunch of lunatics. <laughs> Gen Y, fucking sixty-year-olds, you know.
0: That is that's that is probably one of the um one of the best things because you do you and you find too like you be on you'll be on a bill with people like you know you'll work with someone five times in a month and then not see them for a year just because you're on different bills and you're not you're not really working the same places then all of a sudden you see them again and it's just that weird. Um, Weird series of orbits that you go in and out of yeah, with so people. Cool. It's great.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not at your level, so like, I'm, I'm at the uh, grassroots level. So, well,
0: you're more at the podcast guest level. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, I mean, um,
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know what my level well, when is. Doing mate. The tours and stuff that you're doing—that must be a lot of fun, you know. So, it's a, I'm on.
0: actually actually about to go away to um, after the b- recording the next. Actually, probably the next episode after this. Hopefully, I'll have recorded uh, on a little run down the snow. Um, wow, cool. Which yeah, it it sounds cool on paper. Now I'm just thinking about the actual sometimes the practicalities of gigs like this it might I'll, we'll see what it is. I'm, uh it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm going away with um Simon Kennedy, who's a great guy. Yeah, so never many, but I heard he's
1: a really
0: nice. Guy. Oh a lovely dude. So I'm looking forward to just yeah. I said to him, I was talking to him on the phone the other day, I said, Oh look man, I was gonna pack the podcast stuff. If you don't mind we might see if we can get an episode. I said, If there's time And he just goes, Oh Andrew, there'll be time <laughs> There'll be nothing but time. Because <laughs> rea- when you realise, you know, you're there for a few days, you've got, you got to do a show at night. That's about <laughs> it. So That'll be a fun little... Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I suppose that's... Uh, that's. You can see why comedians sort of turn themselves inside out yeah, with their I mean, brains.
1: I, I just love the whole scene because it, it's like most people hate each other. Well, not, not hate, dislike each other, right? Uh, but Because it's a community. What? They love each other. It's like, the, I don't know, it seems like they sort of need each other. And it's like little sort of petty rivalries and like that sort of bullshit. Yeah, it's it's like a big <laughs> extended family, isn't yeah, it? Like it? it's like, so it's, like I think it's so fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, I love it too. Um so writer, professional comedian, five years time, I'm guaranteed that's gonna be quicker than that. But uh that'll be awesome. Anyway, we're probably at about time. Uh, thanks heaps for coming on the episode.
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure.
0: And uh undoubtedly I'll uh, I'll have you back on in the next uh in the next couple of years to see how uh see how things are progressing.
1: You know I'm a podcast fan and I like this one, so
0: Oh wow. It's uh high praise coming from a guy with a crab feast mug. <laughs> so uh very excited. I'm gonna eat some merch, see if I can make you buy it. <laughs> That'll be fantastic. All right, thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Bye.